in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, just as I was wrapping up the other Greg Kelly show on TV, I got word that Liz Cheney lost. It was no big surprise, but man, 37 points, 66% to 28% for Liz the loser, and of course, she goes on the fake news, and right away, will you run for president? <laughs> yeah, of course, right? You win, you lose a primary for the House of Representatives, and the next logical question is, will you be running for president? 28%, she could not get her own party's nomination. Forget it. She's done. She's finished. You will see her on the fake news, probably a lot. They love her. They're pushing her, but it. Uh, no, she is gone, and this should be a lesson to... Um, So many of those Lincoln Project Republicans, we are not with you. We are with Trump. We know what you're doing. It's a great big hoax, all of it. January 6th, forget about it. The American people are not interested anymore. Now you're on to your next uh, big phony stunt, this raid. That's not going to work either. I'm really glad she's gone. Let's see here. Uh, Final words. Uh, What the hell? Cut uh, 12. Harriet Hegeman has received the most votes in this primary. She won. I called her to concede the race. This primary election is over. But now the real work begins. What the hell does that mean? What the hell does that mean? I mean, what? Well, she can work on spending her... How much money is she worth? I think she's worth almost $20 million dollars. In large part because her father, Dick Cheney, who made the most um, terrifying commercials trying to go after um, Hageman and trying to boost her daughters. We must stop Trump. He's wearing that fake cowboy hat. It was a scary commercial. Uh, She's got a lot of money and she can spend. I'm not talking about her political action committee. I'm talking about, you know, her trust fund, Halliburton money, also known as blood money. Let's see here. Uh, Next, cut 12, 13, 13. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. I looked it up. He didn't lose by 37 points in a primary, okay? No, he didn't. Liz is no Abraham Lincoln, obviously. And Abraham Lincoln would never have participated in such an undemocratic Soviet-style um, show trial as the January 6th hearings, okay? You can only hear from one side. That's not Democrat. You know, for somebody who was always talking about democracy, she's going to save democracy. Democracy, uh, Donald Trump's a threat to democracy. It was the most undemocratic thing I'd ever seen. Really, you're not supposed to have hearings about like that. They are against the law. And when the Republicans take over... I think they're going to, um, I don't know, maybe serve some subpoenas. Maybe they'll subpoena Liz. Uh, We'll have a January 6th committee, committee, a committee about that horrible January 6th committee. Hey, Mike Pence is back. Did you hear what he said? He's like, I will consider any invitation from the January 6th committee, so long as it uh, does not conflict with the Constitution. And, uh, of course, I will be shut up. He's amenable to appearing before the January 6th committee. Um, it can't be that interested in democracy or the Constitution. 
if he wants to do that. What's he? He he's a wooden weirdo and has no business um, in public life anymore. He has no future as a Republican. Zero. He is done. But he's out there, and he will be propped up by the fake news. He may, in fact, run for president, but he'll he'll get the uh, the Liz Cheney treatment at the box office. Uh, let's see. One more. One more. Uh, cut 14. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. <laughs> I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear. But it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. Um, It would have required you to represent the people of Wyoming who don't believe you, who believe Trump. All right? You're lying about the big lie. Okay? Number one, it's not a lie. There are valid concerns, all right? Really valid. Some people would say it's stolen. I'm not going to argue with them. Look at Wisconsin. All those silly plastic voter ballot drop boxes all over the place. A Wisconsin state court, Liz, said that they were illegal. You can look it up. We're winning. We're winning in court. Uh, Liz, why would she Why would she represent the people of Wyoming when she's really a child of the swamp? You know, she went to McLean High School, which is just a short distance away from... Uh, what is it called again? Oh, yes, yeah, CIA headquarters. CIA headquarters. Hey, it's a year ago that we were, gosh, running out of Afghanistan, running out of Afghanistan. One year ago. Uh, you remember those horrible images? Well, right now in Afghanistan, they are partying. They are celebrating, celebrating in the streets. The Taliban, yeah, they in their eyes, they beat America. And um, <laughs> there's something to be, yeah, I, I, you know, they, they kind of won in a weird way. Horrible. Didn't have to be that way. They had a guy, Joe Biden, calling the shots, and he was. This is an issue that he knew, all right, because he had been uh, an an important guy for a long time, and he had very little respect for the military. And once his son, Bo, joined the Army and went over to Afghanistan for a short period of time, there's nothing the generals could tell uh, Joe Biden that he didn't already know. He was smarter than the generals, all right? He knew how to get out. He knew when to get out. He was going to do it. He was stubborn. He was a fool. Listen to himself and look at that big mess, huh? They're flying the airplanes that we left. Today, in Kabul, Afghanistan, they're flying those things over the city, celebrating. They're, doing, they're t- taking those these, these aircraft that we should have blown up for joy rides over Kabul, Afghanistan, Harboring terrorists, Zawahiri, just like it was before September 11, 2001. All right, the same situation. It could happen all over again. We may have to invade all over again because we got out in the most horrendous way imaginable, leaving how many Americans? A thousand Americans there, at least. So, um, you know, I hear that the, the, the Biden administration talk about how they are champions of the downtrodden, champions of women. You know what women are going through right now in Afghanistan? Um, some of them have to sell their organs to get by. Uh, the country has about 40 million people. 35 million are locked in poverty. Poverty, 35 million. How, what is that? What percentage of, the, of that is? 90%? I mean, that's, that's a crazy, everybody over there is in poverty. Selling organs, uh, women are being forced into marriage, uh, sex slaves, uh, horrible oppression of women and children. Women and girls, women and girls, as they like to say on the left. We used to say men and women and boys and girls. Now it's women and girls. But, yes, women and girls are being victimized by the brutal Taliban. 
It is now a theocracy. Can you imagine that? A theocracy. And they keep saying, oh, Donald Trump, authoritarian. You know, somebody told me, and i got to look it up, that any time the communists... Basically, what happens is in history, they accuse... um, Communists always accuse their enemies of being fascists. And you see that all the time right now. Joe Scarborough, uh, Nancy Pelosi, they accuse us of being fascists, just like the communists did to all of their enemies throughout history. It's kind of wild, isn't it? All right. So did you see my show last night, the the incredible Greg Kelly show on on Newsmax? Doing very, very well. And, uh, oh, I did point this out. And people call me afterwards. I got a lot of DMs and text messages. It's a matter of fact that there have been a hell of a lot of FBI agents who have gone to jail for all kinds of reasons, everything from spying to child sex to murder. It's not (laughs) just throughout their history. You know, they talk about the men and women of the FBI. The men and women of the FBI are heroes. Well, sorry, this is part of the story as well. And uh, so you had corruption. You have any organization. There's going to be some corruption. It's just human nature. Um, What else? We went through all the the people who have been uh, convicted of pretty serious things. And everybody wants to overlook that. But these are people and they are susceptible to um, to corruption. And this FBI seems to be worse than ever before. Uh, Let's see here. And when we call them out, when we push back. You know, I saw this, uh, what was it again? The, um, oh, the Gateway Pundit. The Gateway Pundit came out and said, this is war. You know, the FBI uh, goes into Donald Trump's uh, house and this is war. I heard a lot of people say that. And they said, oh, no, you can't say that. You say war, you mean taking up arms. No, we don't. People use it as a figure of speech all the time. When we say it, when conservatives say it, they want to shut us down. They want to accuse us of of hate speech. They want to accuse us of, uh, you know, threats against democracy. Shut up. This is the democratic process. It's perfectly okay when the left says it, right? Cut 23. The Federal Reserve ramps up its war on inflation. We saw this proxy war sort of on full display. Trying to combat this virus. They're treating it like an all-out war. All right. See, people say that all the time. It's a comparison. Now, Actually, when Democrats call for violence, they don't always use the word war, but you know they're calling for violence. Cut 24. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. you got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish you were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out now. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. You get the idea, right? Okay. So what? which is um, more threatening? Hmm? Uh, those statements, I mean, overt statements calling for violence, or Donald Trump being angry on the Internet? All right? Posting things critical of the agency that just invaded his home. Cut 25. Often, it is Mr. Trump striking a match with his social media posts, accusing the FBI of being corrupt or planting information. 
that's incendiary. No, what is incendiary is uh, um, setting off a police station on fire like they did during Black Lives Matter summer in 2020. That stuff is incendiary, literally incendiary. But your station, I think that was Kristen Wilker, your station said that uh, it was all okay. It was all beautiful. It was all social justice, right? That's all good. Hey, one other guy who's back, and I don't like him one bit, John Bolton. Uh, John Bolton is saying that uh, Donald Trump did not declassify anything, right? He didn't declassify anything, and therefore, you know, he's, he hates Trump, and Trump does not like him. Uh, this is the guy who was one of the main architects of the Iraq War. Cut 26, please. I was never aware of anything even remotely approximating that policy, uh, and I haven't heard anything uh, of it uh, since I left. Uh, if he, in fact, said something like that, when was it memorialized? When did the White House counsel write it down? Memorialized. Okay, he's talking about Mor- the president. Would you guys stop doing that? Thank you. Stop, 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 stop. Hey, Larry, what's up? You're in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. How you doing, Greg? Good. Listen, um, you know, Liz Cheney uh, talks about the big lie. You know, I mean, she wants to she wants to uh, give up a career because, uh, uh, to support people that have committed murder, basically. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of what happened in in, uh, in Georgia back at uh, uh, before the runoff, the Senate runoff, when Loeffler's uh, Kelly Loeffler's uh, assistant, twenty year old boy, uh, was in the car uh, accident. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he, he was blow, he was blow, he was rear-ended by a truck, and the car, and he was killed. Uh, the smoke went up to the sky; everybody could see it. Now, what do you mean that. that was murder? I never heard that. Oh, uh, and the investigator in that the the highway patrol investigator who investigates the accident for the state of Georgia, he died before he got to investigate the accident. You're going to tell me that's all coincidence? Hey, uh, I can I that. ask you one other thing? Was it was it Loeffler or uh, David Perdue? I thought the guy worked for David Perdue. No, I do believe it was Loeffler. Uh, I don't know about that. Anyway, so you think it's mur- – I mean, it's a pretty – look, man, that's a pretty strong charge to make, all right? I mean – Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy does it calling it a fact, all right? I know somebody died in a car accident, but we don't know it's murder, all right? Just calm down here. Wait, hold up. There's additional circumstance. Additional you know circumstance. That, circumstance. All right. Well, we're talking a circumstantial case then or whatever. I just don't feel comfortable you calling it murder. Okay, Larry, you can raise questions, but I don't want it. You can't do that for a bunch of different reasons. And number one, primarily me. I don't feel comfortable with that, Larry. All right. I've got all kinds of doubts and concerns about uh, what happened in 2020. Don't say murder. You got it? Okay. Okay, fine. But can I just say one more thing? The, The assistant of Kemp. One of the assistants of Kemp was a lobbyist for Dominion Voting. Machine. Oh, my God. Larry, thanks a lot. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rudy Giuliani, who sits here at 3 o'clock every single day. Uh, do we know if he's going to be done with testimony yet? Is he going to be available? He's not available because he's not doing the Rudy Giuliani show from WABC's He's got to appear before that crazy grand jury in Georgia. Um, Rudy, we're on your side, of course. This is a sham. 
A year and a half later, they get around to dragging him in, trying to say he's a target of their investigation. You are allowed to do things on behalf of your client. You are allowed to advocate for your client, all right? And the president of the United States had well-founded doubts about the fairness of what the hell was happening in Georgia. Who's ever heard of those good old boys messing around with anything? Of course they do. It's Georgia. It happens all the time. And uh, and Rudy, you can look it up. He didn't say anything crazy. Here's Rudy Giuliani. Does this sound like a guy you got to throw in jail? Cut 29. Rudy Giuliani is now a target of the criminal investigation into possible 2020 election interference in the state of Georgia. Who made the lies? It was Rudy Giuliani. And there is no exception for lawyers. I don't know what he's talking about. For someone who prides himself for being tough on crime, Rudy Giuliani sure manages to end up on the wrong side of criminal investigations an awful lot. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's hear the evidence against him. Are you ready? This is shocking. Rudy Giuliani on tape leaving messages to talk to somebody. These are the messages that were submitted as evidence to the January 6th committee. What you're about to hear was played on national television. Smoking gun evidence. Rudy Giuliani making phone calls. Are you ready? Get ready. It's tough. All right. Cut 30. Mr. Speaker, this is Rudy Giuliani. We're calling you together because we'd like to discuss, obviously, the election. Hey, Brian, it's Rudy. I really have something important to call to your attention. I think really changes things. I understand that you don't want to talk to me now. I just want to bring some facts to your attention and talk to you as a fellow Republican. What's the big deal, huh? You heard he was totally courteous, totally fine. I'd like to talk to you about this. This is America. You are allowed to. Did he sound like he was pressuring anybody or threatening anyone? And these guys were not taking his calls, by the way. They just sat there like cowards, let voicemail pick up, even though they knew it was America's mayor calling, did not call him back. And that's the evidence that was submitted to the January 6th committee. Can you believe it? Just about everything else Rudy Giuliani was doing was in public. You can look it up. He went. He testified publicly in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, in Atlanta, Georgia, trying to tell these dopey lawmakers how the Constitution works, what their authority was. They didn't understand it. You know, these elections are actually administered by the state. They're certified not by Congress, but by the state legislatures. There's something else that um, oh, Mike Pence didn't seem to know too much about. He likes talking about the Constitution, but he doesn't seem to really understand it all that well. Mike Pence, what do you think is going to happen to him? Not much. Is it, is it true what they say about Mike Pence, by the way? You know what they say about Mike Pence. It doesn't really matter one way or the other, but they do say some things about him. Hey, everyone's giving me a hard time on Twitter because I doubt the story that Jill Biden actually has COVID. It seems to me that Joe Biden and Jill Biden come down with COVID when it's convenient, right? When it's, um, you know, if you want to make a three-day weekend, a four-day weekend, uh, suddenly somebody gets sick, right? Uh, Joe definitely needed some downtime. I mean, he does not do well. Uh, when he's exposed to um, hmm, people, <laughs> he just isn't good at being in public. He's just not it's not his thing anymore. So Jill said she had covid and she gets to stay where in a 20 million dollar mansion down at the beach in South Carolina. You think she really wanted to get back to go to Delaware? I don't think so. Here's another reason why I don't believe Jill, because she hasn't been straight with us about how she met Joe Biden. This is from her ex-husband. Now, I know. Is this mean? Not really. Um, I'll explain why in a moment. Do we want to wait until after the break? How much time we got? Can I play this now? 
We got it. All right. Uh, this is Bill Stevenson, ex-husband of Jill. And Bill and Jill were going out, and guess what they were doing? Well, they were married, and they were volunteering on Joe Biden's campaign. And Joe, well, he had the eyes for Jill. Listen to this. Bill Stevenson, ex-husband of Jill Biden, cut 31. So you were friends with Joe Biden? Oh, yeah. Right before the election in 72, Jill, Joe, Neelia, and I were in his kitchen. How do you forget that? Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Jill asked me to keep an eye on the boys. And I just thought to the back of my mind, hmm. One day, he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it? He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? What? Thanks a lot, Joe. Joe moved in. On Mrs. Bill Stevenson. Now she's Mrs. Biden. Hmm. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The nerve of this woman, Liz Cheney, saying she's going to run for. <laughs> you lost by 60 points in. Uh... In Hicksville, Hicksville, uh, Wyoming. Come on. Not Hicksville, Long Island, but Hicksville, Wyoming. The whole damn state. Sorry. Uh, cut uh, 37. Uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I, uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. You know, it's a real uh, tell, they say, what really reveals their motives and their intentions They say they don't want to let Donald Trump get anywhere near the White House. That means they cannot afford to allow him to stand for election. They don't want him to get that far. They have to lock him up. They have to arrest him. They have to indict him. They have to take him out some way before Election Day because they are afraid of the people. They are afraid of democracy. John Bolton, Dick Cheney, Liz Cheney, you think they like the people? (laughs) They have no interest in the people. They think they're better than us. They think they know more. Donald Trump did not pose any threat. He was our hope. And you know what's interesting? He kind of reminds me of somebody, you know? They come at him. They come at him. They come at him. They try. The Mueller probe, uh, Access Hollywood, impeachment one, impeachment two, January 6th, raiding his house, classified documents. And amid all of that seeming defeat, he just comes back stronger somehow. And we're all revitalized somehow by that. Does that remind you of anybody? Anybody at all in in history? Anybody at all divine just a little bit? I'm not saying he's divine, but it does remind me of somebody. Uh, Oh, did you hear about the poor lady, 80 years old? She's a member of a YMCA in Washington State. Her name is Julie. And she's changing. Uh, I guess she just got out of the pool, and she's changing. And somebody who works at the YMCA is one of these uh, freak transgender people. I mean, and I do mean freak. All right? Now, there's a handful of people who suffer from gender dysphoria, and this is something that is um, important to them. And in consultation with a psychiatrist, and as adults, they've undergone the necessary treatment. But this is just very, very small number. 
Then you got these people who just uh, get off on being around women in the women's locker room, and they're really men. And that's what Julie was confronted with. She complained, so they threw her out of the YMCA. And the whole town up there in uh, Washington State was giving her a hard time. I mean, all over the place. And uh, and listen to this. She wanted to speak out. She wanted to make her, you know, the true story known. And the LGBTQ community, radical elements of it. I don't like saying the LGBTQ community. It's like saying the straight man community. I mean, there's all kind. Of, I mean, Joe Biden. I, it doesn't. We are all different people, right? But anyway, this is what happened to her at her, uh, I guess, attempt at a press conference. She's the one saying, I want the police. Cut 33. All right. All right. It's a mess. I can't tell what's going on by listening to that. It looks better on TV. You can see what's happening. She's there. She's being shouted down and they're saying trans rights is human rights. And she feels terrified. And I don't blame her one bit. And she said, please call the police. Hey, speaking of 80 year old women. How did uh, we make out with Elaine and her walker? Did everything go all right? Did one of you guys do that? I told you to do it. You didn't do it? Oh, shoot. I promised that lady a walker. You didn't do it? No, I'm only kidding. I had it done. I saw to it. I had my, uh, uh, I did delegate it to my wife. And we found a nice walker for about, I forgot how much money it was. And um, uh, a delivery should happen. I wanted it to happen earlier. I was I was pleading with these guys so we'll give you an extra 50 bucks if you deliver it today. Nope, 2 o'clock today. 2 o'clock today is the cutoff, and we think it's going to be delivered to Elaine out there in Forest Hills sometime today. Elaine, if you're listening, let us know if you got the thing, okay? All right. Uh, let's see. What else here? Uh, Leslie was her name? Elaine, Leslie. I'll never forget her. Um, all righty. Uh, how am I feeling? How are you feeling? <sighs> It's tough. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough. Uh, Forget what's going on out there. It's very easy to look at what we don't have and, and focus on that, right? It's very, very easy. But it's easy to escape it. And you know what I'm going to say. The Bible is a way to really... Ah, uh, you'll stop obsessing about all that stuff. And I found myself obsessing about it this morning just for a little bit. And then I remembered... And I remembered who's in charge, all right, and what he wants of me. Andrew in Snow, hold on a second. Jim in Upper East Side, up on the Upper East Side. Yes, Jim. Yes, sir, Greg. Uh, this is Jim. I want to talk about Liz Cheney a little bit. She just said, she said there's a plans that she may run for president. I don't see how she's going to get any votes. The Republicans don't want her. She can't win her own state. And the Democrats are not going to vote for her because she's anti-abortion. The Democrats will never allow a woman who is anti-abortion to become president. Uh, no arguments there, Jim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Where's oh. she going to go for votes? All right. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, listen. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. The January 6th committee uh-huh. is her political swan song. Uh She's not going anywhere. Yeah. She'll go to CNN. You're, you're right about that. She'll get some TV thing, and uh, yeah. 
Yeah, goodbye and good luck, Liz. Horrible woman. Horrible person. Oh, by the way, did you know her husband works at the law firm that represents Hunter Biden? Her husband works at the law firm that represents Hunter Biden, a partner. What a corrupt swamp it all is, huh? And she is worth, I think, along with her old man, a quarter of a billion dollars. This is bad news in so many ways. Gosh, you know, I wonder about that song sometimes. I mean, I really do. I'm sorry. But that Proud to be an American song, which I used to love, you know, I I, I wonder. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do. I find myself wondering. I find myself, what am I proud of these days? Huh? The direction we're going? Are you proud of this? I don't know. What does it mean to be an American? They seem pretty eager to wash all that stuff away. Sandra in New Jersey, hello. Oh, oh good afternoon, Greg. Um, I wanted to thank you always for letting me speak to you. I wanted to say that um, I wanted to congratulate Harriet um, Hageman. It was a landslide. Uh, thank goodness for that. No more Liz Cheney. I wanted to ask you if you could maybe find that lookalike again on Liz. You had it on your show. It was so funny. I think you should, if you can, maybe play that again. So it's funny you should mention that. I had an argument about that with my wife. I wanted to put it up on my Twitter, and she forbade me. I know. What kind of man gets forbidden by his wife? But uh, she objected, and I had to cease and desist. Although I really wanted to. The thing is, Liz Cheney looks just like that uh, trans person, uh, Dr. Rachel Levine. I mean, just like her, right? I didn't want to do it on the TV show because I already did it. I don't like repeating myself. i got to watch that tendency. Anyway, what else? Okay. Well, what I wanted to say going forward, I believe, as many others do, that if DeSantis can maybe put his ego aside for a short while, like four years, and run together with Donald Trump, I think it would be an amazing win. I feel that Ron can learn all the ropes. Wait a second. You want Ron DeSantis to be uh, Trump's running mate? Is that what you said? No, vice president. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's what a running mate is. Oh, right. Oh, right. right. Yeah, Yeah, look, number one, I'll tell you right now, that's not going to happen for many reasons. Uh, Number one, DeSantis is now so hot right now, all right, so big that he's not going to be one. He's not going to be He's not going to want to be Trump's number two. All right. He's just not going to. And I got to say, politically, that would be, I think, a mistake for him. Stay in Florida. More clout being the governor of Florida than being the vice president. And the other thing is, um, I don't think constitutionally it's permitted. Under the Constitution, you can't be from the same state. I don't know why this is, but it is. Uh, The presidential nominee and the president the vice presidential nominee cannot be i think it's the delaware compromise or something like that but anyway that can't happen according to the constitution and trump i don't know if you know this but he is legally a resident of florida so that's that fair enough oh and all not only this i gotta let you in on something uh they don't like each other all that much all right there's that too i mean not that that really matters i mean politics it doesn't really matter I don't know if uh, Trump really liked Mike Pence before he picked him, who's turned out to be. Yeah. You know who I also really like? I saw him for the first time, Tim Scott. Now, what's so good about him? I just liked him. I I thought he was very, very, he loves Donald Trump. He would would probably like to be the vice president. Sandra, I'm going to put put you on the spot here. What did Tim Scott do before he made it to the United States Senate? 
I don't know. Exactly. You don't know a damn thing about him. And not <laughs> I mean and a lot of people don't. And uh, you know what this this shows you what you just said though is very positive in a way. It shows you how this country is not white supremacist. I mean, let's right. face it, Sandra, let's face it. A big part of the appeal of Tim Scott is mm-hmm. he's a black guy, correct? Come on. I like his personality. I no, understand. I, like I understand that. But, I mean, a lot of Republicans like Trump. Okay? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the party right. of Trump. What's so right. special about Tim Scott liking Trump? I huh? You I know what I mean. You know what no. I mean. It's like Barack Obama. Oh, wow, Barack Obama, what a great speaker. Yeah, what else? There are a lot of great silver-tongued speakers in the in the Senate. What else? He went to Harvard Law School. I'll show you an office building. Fifty people in there okay. went to Harvard Law School. What else about him? Uh, he, yeah, it's true. And it, But by the way, it's, okay. it's not – this is not a negative for you or for anybody who has that impulse. It's evidence, quite frankly, that this is not a racist country, that we're not white supremacists. I mean, sometimes, quite frankly, we, you know, we bend over backwards. We lower the standards, you know, if we think that, uh, wow, this might help a community that has been uh, underserved or underprivileged, so the media tells us, right? I mean, you just proved it. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. All right. Oh, shoot. You don't like this. You don't like this, but you know what I mean. No. All I know is I saw him on television. I liked him. I liked how he what he said. I liked how he Sandra, you like me, all right? I mean, I'm not going to be the vice president, <laughs> at least not in 2024. I mean, well, there should be more to mayor. it. You got to admit, there should be more to it than, ooh, I like this person and he's well-spoken. Oh, and he likes okay, Trump. Half the country likes Trump. Uh, but I understand. Well, okay. I understand. I understand. All right, Sandra, anything else? How's the piano coming? It's coming along very well, and one of these days soon I have a song that I will play for you. I'll tell you how long it's going to be, like very short. I'll, I picked a short one. One day soon I will play it for you. All right, practice, practice, practice. I appreciate it, Sandra, okay. very, very much. And uh, oh, let's see. It's true what I just said, though. I know it sounds uncomfortable um, when it comes to matters of uh, race. And uh, you can look it up. Donald Trump once said, all things being equal, um, it would be better to be black than white. <laughs> he actually said it in one of those early interviews. And what he was getting at was so much, so many power brokers in the world want to do right by communities of color. And I kind of applaud that. However, we've gone overboard. And now, quite frankly, people like me who happen to be white feel, uh, I don't know, is my... Is the color of my skin holding me back? Has it ever been used against me? I actually know we've arrived at a moment where that's happening. Now, some may say, and I've heard this too, well, uh, it's about time, uh, 10,000 years, and now you know how we feel, and now we, uh, we're white. We're doing just fine, just fine. Now it's time for us to step back, shut up, and speak for yourself. Don't speak for anybody, all right? You know and I don't mean this is in a negative way. This is a dog-eat-dog world, all right? This is, this, we're individuals, and we should be free to compete. And the next virtuous, woke jerk who talks like that, one guy comes to mind. His name is Matthew Dowd. He was one of the communications specialists that helped sell us the Iraq War. Thanks a lot, Matt. 
he's been uh, going around. This is his. This is his big thing. You know that white men like him need to shut up and sit down and step back and listen to others. I think we should listen to each other. Others? What do you mean other? Other than you? Other than uh, what does that mean? Even that? That's inherently racist. All right. She's been on hold for a couple of days now. Christine in Middletown, Connecticut. I apologize. How are you? Hi, Greg. Um, you know, that woman in uh, Washington State, um, if that was me at the Y, it would never be her because I would calmly explain my uh, story. I, I'm sure that would have been taken care of on the spot amicably. I would have told her, hey, no, if people got to hear my story. No one would want to trade places with me. Can I ask you this, though, Christine? I mean, seriously, though. I mean, you can't just tell your story to everybody in the locker room. I mean, this is a moment. An 80-year-old woman is changing in the locker room. You know, a lot of this stuff is new to her. Hey, it's new to me. And they don't have time to hear everybody's story. They just want to be in there with, uh, you know, they don't want to be provoked. They don't want to be confronted with these things. They just want to change in private, in comfort. So, you know, you can't tell your story sometimes. Well, I mean, if well, I wouldn't have come to this fiasco to happen, I would have tried to take care of it as soon as possible. How would you have done that? How would you have gone about I it? Said, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. I would have told the story, the medicine I take. Those ugly parts don't work. Um, next time I will, I, I'll adhere to your wishes. I mean, people got to remember, you can't silence other people for having a difference of opinion. Too. Yeah. You know what? I bet you, uh, Christine, because I, I feel like I know you by now, I know you would have handled it well. And uh, too many other people are just, uh, you know, shouting and yelling like at that poor woman, uh, that poor woman. Cut 33. Shouting her down, being mean. And it's about to get worse. 80-year-old woman wants to be heard. And pretty soon she's got to call the police to get out of there safely. Christine, thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, that crazy weirdo running for Senate in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. I got a little document here that says he wants all drugs legalized, not just marijuana, which is bad enough. All drugs. This was his opinion back in 2015. I wonder if he's evolved. Quite frankly, sorry. It looks like he's on something right now. Is it the stroke? Is it what? I've never really gotten a good look at this guy before, but he's all herky and jerky. And the word is that they're going to have to replace him with his wife, uh, which has been done before, even if the wife is just like a total amateur housewife, whatever, with the same name, it works. Where did this happen before? It was in Missouri. Uh, who do they do the switcheroo with? Claire McCaskill. I think her husband died in a car in a plane crash or something like that. It happens. And uh, so we'll see. I, of course, am rooting for uh, Dr. Oz. I think he's terrific. I know he's going to be a MAGA. And, uh, you know, people give him a hard time for, oh, my gosh, he was friends with Oprah. Well, Trump was friends with Oprah. Very good friends, actually. Million pictures of them together. And not just, you know, oh, let's pose for a picture. I mean, in this location, that location, on vacation. Hey, somebody else uh, that Donald Trump was, was friendly with. And I saw a picture. I saw several pictures of them together. Uh, Donald Trump and Michael Jackson. The king of pop, right? Michael Jackson. A totally... If, if you... If I had a, somebody asked me who's my favorite performer, singer, the music, I would probably say Michael Jackson. 
I like his music. I uh, just, I uh, still, I think, what's my favorite song? Uh, what is my favorite song? It's not, all, it's off the Off the Wall album, but it's not Off the Wall. Um, uh, off the Wall, Live Life, Off the Wall. Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. But anyway, it's my favorite. <laughs> Rock With You. Rock With You. Yes, that's probably my favorite song of all time. Trump, to this day, there are pictures of Trump and Michael Jackson all through that golf club. I've been to the uh, International Trump International West Palm Beach. Pictures of him with all kinds of stars, but several. And they're prominently placed with Michael Jackson. Now, of course, you know that Michael Jackson was accused of some awful things, but it wasn't proven. And I actually believe that Michael Jackson was innocent of all that stuff. And you'll notice they tried to take him out with that, uh, well, speaking of Oprah Winfrey, that HBO documentary that she helmed. And they bring those two guys who said that, uh, you know, in 1983, Michael Jackson did this. I don't believe them. I don't. And I think they were looking for a great big payday. And uh, they didn't get it. So uh, next, uh, next stop, Oprah. And it didn't work. And you can he still hear that music on the radio, and I think that's great. Um, you hear Louis C.K. is coming back. What do you think of that? Uh, he's actually a very funny, talented, interesting guy. A little bit quirky. I'm talking about his performance. Uh, sometimes the stand-up is not my cup of tea, to be honest. But I do like that show, Louis. And he was doing all kinds of things. But if you really look at the allegations against him... I don't know. I think there was some mass hysteria that kicked in, and now he's uh, on the road and making movies that I think you can buy directly. And uh, that might be a new model. You don't need a studio. You don't need a network. Just, you know, produce it. You can buy it directly, and uh, uh, I think that's actually a positive. I, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't commit a crime, and I think he said he was sorry for whatever the hell it was he was supposed to have done. But I remember looking at that, and I was remember I had more questions than answers about those allegations. Uh, so keep an eye on that. And if you can figure out what the hell is so interesting about Joe Rogan, please let me know. All right, that's one thing I just can't uh, I just can't quite figure out. So Jonathan Turley is like the new Alan Dershowitz. We like him a lot. Interesting comment about what's happening at the DOJ and Donald Trump and all this stuff. They're going too far. Cut five, please. Cut five. When this judge has this hearing, he's going to look a bit foolish when he upholds this seal uh, on the basis of a Department of Justice that's been leaking like a sieve. So apparently they're telling the New York Times and Washington Post all types of things about what's in this affidavit, but they won't tell the public. And this is also a unique case where the target of the uh, of this uh, of the raid is waiving objections. That's usually not the case because these affidavits are usually one-sided and very damning. Uh, usually the target is not eager to have it be made public. Yeah. So the court's going to be in a rather awkward position. Awkward position. Also, this whole thing, uh, they're probably just going to have to throw it out. Cut six. This is very precarious ground to build a criminal case on uh, because the president is viewed as having that authority. So when those boxes were put into those vans, he was still the president and had that. Now, keep in mind, these three provisions cited in the warrant do not necessarily require that, that the material be classified to be a violation. But it would make a case untenable if a court accepted that the president had declassified all of this material uh, and was cooperating with the FBI in these negotiations. 
All right. Didn't quite get all of that, but good for Jonathan Turley. President Trump is going to beat this thing again. Once again, they can't stop him. Haven't they figured that out by now? It's like Sideshow Bob when he tries to kill Bart in The Simpsons. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, you know, Joe came off his vacation for about 45 minutes, signed that piece of paper, and then went back on vacation, excuse me. And uh, they call it the Inflation Reduction Act. The fake news has gone all in with that. They love that terminology. They don't question it. Hey, David Muir on ABC News, uh, the most watched news show in the world, I'm told. It is as fake as fake can be. Um, (laughs) This is the guy who uh, led the news one day because a white woman got into an argument with a black man. That was the story. I I, I can't. And last night they did uh, uh, something on the Inflation Reduction Act and just talked about all the good things it does. As if there's not a whiff of controversy about the thing. Just everything was great. It's a win, 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 win. No, it ain't. And especially when Joe says stuff like this, he is, uh, again, what's the word? I think it's lying. Cut 35. Let me emphasize, no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. Yeah, we don't believe that. And we don't believe with 87,000 new IRS agents. Listen, you rich people, Joe Biden. Hey, I looked at his tax returns yesterday in 2017. Joe and his wife made $10 million. That was declared, at least. And how did they make that money? They made it through, um, they say, book royalties, which uh, doesn't look like Joe sold uh, the number of books you need to have sold to make that kind of money, even when you factor in the advance. But... Uh, he had something set up called a um, uh, some sort of S corporation, his own corporation. How many people have corporations all set up? You know who does? Rich people, all right? Vehicles to evade taxes. He had a corporation. Uh, Jill Biden had a corporation. His was called Celtic Corp. Uh, you know, that's what the, uh, the, the Secret Service called him. That was his call sign, Celtic. I wonder what they really called him when he wasn't around. Um, so the rich, they have this figured out. And these agents aren't going to be coming after them. They're going to be coming after people who make less than $400,000. Uh, already back on vacation. My gosh, he's got it good. Or does he? Or does he? I think he's uh, he's under a cloud right now. And, uh, oh, here's what I wanted to read you, though. Uh, the book, $9.5 million. And I went and I thought about it for a moment. I said, let me look at this book. How good can it be? Right? $9.5 million. And... There are some really weird items in this book. Uh, number one, he's talking about talking to Hunter when he's eight years old. And he says, I have a vivid memory of Hunt. He calls it Hunter Hunt. It was maybe two years later. In the middle of one of our hangaround days, I put the question to him. So, Hunter, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hunter says, I want to be important. To which Joe Biden writes, I knew what he meant. And that's it. 
That's the end of the chapter. I want to be important, Dad. I know what you mean, son. I know what you mean. I'm trying to think if I ever told my dad if I wanted, I just want to be important. What do you want to be? I want to be important. That's a really bad, that's a bad sign right there. And that takes, and that calls for immediate corrective action, right? Son, no, you got it all wrong. It's not about, you don't seek importance. You seek, you want to make a contribution. You want to do something. The importance is a byproduct of something larger. You don't seek the importance. You seek something that will fulfill you, possibly fulfill your community. You've got to provide security for yourself and your family. And then, you know, if you're important, so be it. If you're not, that's fine, too. What does it mean? No, none of that. He just said, I know, I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. And, you know, again, in this book, and Joe talks about, where is he from? Scranton. And he always talks about Scranton like it's some hellhole. You know, ah, Scranton. I looked it up. He lived on Washington Street in Scranton in a three-story house. It looked fine to me. But in the midst of it, you know, he moved for a time. And you know where he moved to? My hometown, Garden City, Long Island, which is a beautiful, beautiful spot. And he lived there. Joe Biden doesn't mention that. He puts it in a book. And two, this, this is this first book. It came out in 2007. Joe had no idea that 15 years later somebody would actually be reading the damn thing. <laughs> I uh, think he wanted to leave. Think, I think he would have written a different book had he known how things were going to turn out. In 2007, Joe uh, Joe was basically finished, all right? He was going to run for president, a total Hail Mary pass. Uh, you know, why not? You can have some laughs. You can make some money. How does he make money by running for president? Well, Valerie, his sister, ran the campaign, and she employs her husband. She employs this consultant. You know, it's all, <laughs> all in the family and uh, kickback city. So Joe... You think you fooled us? No, not really. Hey, how how is Rudy doing? I just saw him on CNN walking into some courtroom in Georgia surrounded by reporters. There must have been about 50 reporters. And you know what? He had a great big smile on his face. Number one, I don't think he minds being in the eye of the storm. He can handle these people. And I know that he knows he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. You know, it's funny. They're trying to intimidate lawyers here. Stay away from uh, Donald Trump, or else we'll give you the Rudy Giuliani treatment. We'll take away your, we'll take away your law license. We'll uh, make you a spectacle. We will, um, you know, cancel your club memberships. You could, you could lose everything if you go into business with Donald Trump. That's the message, and it's a corrupt way to use uh, governmental power. But here we are. Rudy, thank God for Rudy. My goodness gracious. I think he was here, put on earth for a couple of things, to do what he did in New York in the 90s, uh, to be there on 9-11, and to be here for President Trump. You know, <laughs> lawyers do all kinds of things. Lawyers sue Sesame Street for $25 million because some kid did not get hugged by Elmo. You know that's happening right now, $25 million. Is anybody dragging that lawyer into court saying, why are you wasting our time? I mean, it's a frivolous lawsuit, but you're allowed to do that in America. And what Rudy was doing was not frivolous. It was dead serious. And he's on to something, and he's being slowly but surely vindicated. Even the fake news is going to have to acknowledge someday, someday they will. Hey, 
mixed uh, one other thing about John Bolton. I want to see if this is complimentary or negative. Being that it's John Bolton, it's probably negative. Who is John Bolton? He was Trump's national security advisor, but a total swamp guy. He worked for George W. Bush, a real war hawk. He advocated the invasion of Iraq, and he said that uh, Donald Trump had an, uh, you know, a penchant for certain items. Cut three, please. Cut three. Give me a sense of where you think the truth lies with respect to Trump's intelligence, carelessness, and the degree to which he might have brought motive to bear on taking these documents out of the White House and keeping them for this long at Mar-a-Lago. Well, I, I don't, I, I, it's very hard to speculate on motive other than that he liked cool things, he saw things that he, so he wanted to take them, and he was pretty much able to take them, uh, uh, and, and not just on classified information matters, on all kinds of things that crossed his desk. Some days he liked to eat a lot of french fries, some days he took classified documents. He wanted them. Why did he want them? Because he could get them. All right. Well, he's president of the United States. He can get them. President of the This is on the GSA. This is on the National Archives. This is on the swamp. This was a plant. I do believe that this was a setup. They've got a million rules on which to get you, and they're trying to get them. And they've corrupted the system so much, the mainstream media, bureaucrats, all of them, they're all in on it. But Donald Trump has a Trump card, and that is Article 2 of the Constitution, which essentially is Donald Trump is the executive branch. And if you want to prevent me from doing something, pass a constitutional amendment. Uh, good for him. He's going to survive this thing. He's going to thrive. He already is, by the way. Russ in Milford. Uh, no, hold on a second. Peter in New Jersey. Hi, Peter. Hey, Craig, I'm mad as hell about uh, Liz Cheney's speech. The Democrats used the narrative of our fallen for their own initiative. For Liz Cheney to mention Abraham Lincoln, a fallen president, is an atrocity. All right, hold on a second. An atrocity. Let's hear this. Let's hear this. Let's hear this. This is Liz Cheney comparing herself to Abe Lincoln. Cut 13. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Liz. Lincoln did not lose by uh, 35 points, okay, in a primary um, no way. Oh, and he was reelected. He was reelected. Unlike you. Unlike you. So, Peter, yeah, I think it is uh, an atrocity. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was in poor taste. They use our fallen veterans as a piece to gain political advantages over the, the Republicans. Wait, well, what veterans? What, what, what veterans are you talking about? Let's talk about, let's start with the 13 that died in Afghanistan. Is Joe Biden checking his timepiece? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And tonight, you should watch my show tonight, because it's a year ago that Afghanistan was falling into chaos. And I'm looking for the year. uh, Hold on a second. I'm looking for the uh, one year retrospectives, you know, one year later. And there are none. There's zero. None, none, none. Yet, yet, one year after Trump fired Comey with good reason, all the networks said one year later, (laughs) Jim Comey was fired by President Trump. And it was a huge television event The uh, when he was fired and then a year later. Anyway, what else, Peter? Let's use the January 6th narrative of the fallen civilians that died and the, and the people in the fire department and the police department saying it was a bigger atrocity than 9-11 itself. 
That's disgusting. I agree. All right. Everything else good? Uh, All right. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, buddy. Um, What are you going to do? You can't get too worked up about this stuff. I mean, we're going to win. I'm very optimistic. We're going to win. We're going to be okay. And it's kind of almost comical. It really is. It's funny. And in the end, the people hold the power. They do. She wasted our time in prime time, but look at what happened to her yesterday, huh? What did she get? 28% of the vote. Ms. Hageman, was it 63% of the vote? When's the last time you saw an election like that? When have we had landslide blowouts? The last time we had a real landslide election, when was it? Reagan beats uh, Mondale. I think that was the last real serious lands on that on that level. I don't remember anybody. You know who else had landslide uh, numbers? Ray Kelly did when he was the police commissioner of the city police department here. He had something like 75% approval across racial lines. It was crazy. He did such a good job. You don't see that anymore, and I don't think you'll ever see it again, at least when it comes to um, police commissioner. Who is the police commissioner, by the way, these days? You have no idea. Um, Yet... Crime crime is um, these criminals feel emboldened. I could not believe it. It was at first I wasn't sure. But I found footage of a guy uh, punching an Asian woman right in the face for no reason whatsoever. It happened in May of 2021. Bam! Just she's walking down the street. He's walking down the street and he punches her really, really hard. And she goes down. She's out cold. You would think this guy would be thrown in prison for at least 10 years. Well. Uh, it's very unclear how much time he actually did, but he was out by four days ago and was able to do it again. He attacked a subway cleaner uh, up in the Bronx. Same kind of manner, from behind, unprovoked. Alexander Wright allegedly is the guy responsible. We know what he did to that woman in Chinatown. Horrible. Already out doing it again. Uh, pretty disgusting. And by the way, absolutely no accountability uh, from the media. Everybody said, oh, this is an anti-Asian attack. And then they dropped it and they didn't keep an eye on it. And he got out and he did it again. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you know, another thing about this silly raid, uh, we think part of the timing had to do with, well, It's fun to talk about the raid for them as opposed to talking about the one-year anniversary of what happened in Afghanistan. Uh, Also, it's so convenient that Joe Biden is on vacation. Remember, he came back just for 45 minutes to sign that thing. No questions. And then it was back to the beach. Back to the beach. I mean, I thought you wanted to be president, you know, (laughs) Uh, to work and work and work and dream and dream and dream. This is your job and you're... uh, You're at the beach. Hey, how about this? Those PPE loans. Did you know that America's wealthiest, including Tom Brady, Khloe Kardashian, Reese Witherspoon, Kanye, and Nancy Pelosi's husband, took millions in PPP loans uh, and nearly all have been forgiven? Celebrities, including Kanye West, Jay-Z, and Khloe Kardashian, received millions in government PPP, which stands for Payment Protection Program, uh, set up. Uh, for desperate businesses hit by the COVID pandemic. Uh, from the Daily Mail, they can reveal that the exact amounts given these uh, millionaires, let's see, Kanye West, he has a company, uh, they borrowed $2.3 million 
and about 1.8 of it was spent on payroll. Uh, now, look, I guess some of the, you know, okay, get the keep the staff working, but there's something, this was meant for desperate businesses, wasn't it? A lot of money flowing around. Did you ever try applying for this PPP stuff? It's tough. You got to be, you got to have an army of people working for you and showing you how to do it. Uh, Chloe Kardashian, she has a denim brand. It's called Good American. They got how much? $1.2 million. What the hell was Tom Brady doing with this stuff? The companies of mega-rich celebrities, including billionaires Kanye West and Jay-Z, received millions in government PPP loans. And in virtually every case, the A-Lesters have been let off the hook for paying the full amount back. Uh, where's the Tom Brady stuff? Uh, the loan program cost U.S. taxpayers a <laughs> trillion dollars, with the University of Texas estimating 15% around 76 billion uh sweet 700 and wait 15 percent yes 76 billion were fraudulent wow it was claimed that after the first round of ppp loans up to 90 percent of ethnic minority business owners uh were unsuccessful at getting the loan and were at the end of a line according to an associated press survey Yet celebs and their businesses had no problems. Uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. How much did he get? $960,000. Why? Who's he employing? Coaches, I guess, right? Uh, Doesn't he have like a full-time yoga teacher and medical technicians, I guess, or uh, clinicians or personal trainers? All right, all right. I guess it's – look, it's interesting. I'm not going to condemn it. It's it's interesting. I don't like it. Hey, how about this? I was telling you about the tentative agreement for the teacher contract up in Minnesota. Article 15, protections for educators of color. The purpose of the language referencing Article 13 is to remedy the continuing effects of past discrimination by the district. Past discrimination by the district disproportionately impacted the hiring of underrepresented teachers in the district. Uh, let's see. Now, if it comes time for firing anybody, if excessing, excessing, excessing is a euphemism for firing. If you want to get rid of a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the site, the districts shall excess, get rid of, the next least senior teacher who is not a member of an unrepresented population. This is not America, folks. Teachers working in the following programs may be exempted from district-wide layoff outside of seniority order to remedy the continuing effects of past discrimination. Uh, A lot of mumbo-jumbo here. Teachers who are representatives of underrepresented populations. Alumni of historically black colleges and universities. Tribal colleges and universities and or Hispanic Association of Colleges and Universities. Uh, This is pretty much corrupt. Pretty much corrupt, I would say. Wouldn't you? Um, This has got to be this can't stand. This can't. This is this is lawsuit ready. Okay, lawsuit ready. Hey, are you behind in your email? Uh, You know, one at one point. We got to contend with email. Now we got to contend with text messages. Text messages used to be fun. Now it's like email to me. It's the same thing. Oh, gosh. Especially if somebody is all jokey in their uh, text message and I feel like I got to respond similarly, it's too much trouble. 
It's just too much trouble. So I let a lot of these messages messages just languish, just sit there, and people wonder if I'm a I'm a snob or I've gotten you know whatever. No, I'm just overwhelmed. I am just sometimes overwhelmed, and I can't uh, I can't deal. I've got something on my list here that has been on my list for 14 days in a row. It would probably take me 30 seconds to do it. I can't bring myself to do it. It's just a text message. I've got two of these things. Have you ever been through that? Have you ever been trapped on the outer edge of thought? Pete, has that ever happened to you in Piscataway? Hello. Hello. Hello? Yeah. I, um, many times, you know, I know that the um, House and the Senate have very low ratings. And I've heard talk show hosts from radio and TV um, complain about the House and Senate and call them the swamp. And I've heard many callers call in about the, and complain about the House and Senate being the swamp. Well, I think one way you get rid of the swamp is to have term limits. That's what we need. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah. We figured it out. Pete, you figured it all out. Well, I'll tell you what, Pete. I actually don't think that's going to work. Do you know why? The swamp that concerns me the most aren't the people we elect. It's the people we don't elect. The bureaucrats, the staff, they stay. The people's representatives come and go. You got to watch. You're missing the big picture, man. Our representatives, they're somewhat accountable to us. They tend to do what we want. The staff, the bureaucrats, they give us the middle finger. They don't care. So I don't know if I agree with you. Believe it or not, I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Who am I? Ready? I know we all have our doubts about the election. But come next Wednesday, we'll hear the objections. We'll have our day in Congress. Eh, I used to do it better. That's Mike Pence. Mike Pence faking us all out. Mike Pence, he was just going to go through the motions. He was not going to exercise his constitutional rights as vice president of the United States under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. He could have held off from counting those votes. He could have sent them back to state capitals. It would have been well within the scope of the Constitution. We weren't looking for an election to be overturned by one person. It's not a one-person thing. It's electors. And there were all kinds of problems throughout the country, especially in Wisconsin, especially in Pennsylvania, especially in Georgia, especially in Nevada, especially in Arizona and Michigan and one or two other places. All right, Mike. So, Mike, what's he doing now? Mike is saying that uh, should I be called by the January 6th committee, I, I would I would consider that invitation. I would have to consider that invitation. If it's my constitutional duty, I will have to shut up. You don't understand it, buddy. This, How can he go sign up for that? Which is inherent. It's totally out against the law. Those committees. He's going to participate with that Soviet-style, you know, they'll take four hours of your testimony. They'll probably have you testify privately. Who knows, though, with this crew? And cut it up and release 10 seconds of it that they think is favorable to their cause. Uh, Go ahead. Cooperate. 
cooperate. Let's see how that January 6th committee works out for you. Out of the workout for Liz Cheney, everybody. Won't be seeing her no more. Well, you probably will, actually. Uh, although she'll be easy to avoid. Just avoid the fake news. You don't have to watch uh, Meet the Press. You don't have to watch uh, George Stephanopoulos. Nobody likes those shows anymore. They don't mean anything. So uh, she's going to be relatively easy to avoid, but she'll be making noise, and there'll be these... Uh, she'll always be out there, but no, it's just her. It's just her in the swamp. The people reject her and reject her stupid committee. Dennis in Boundbrook, yes. Uh, question. Regarding these uh, uh, classified documents, how is it handled? Is it like you have a safe deposit box and it's kept in a vault in the bank? In other words, all these documents are in a vault in the in the, in the White House. I want to take out the document. I have to sign out and then sign back in. In other words, how are they controlled? I, I've never read or heard anything about that. Well, you know? that was my experience in the military. You know, we had 10 TAC manuals. They were all classified secret. And, you know, it was one of 10. You signed it out. Then you signed it back in. There was a procedure. It was kept somewhere. Now, since then, over the past 20, 30 years, they have overclassified. They'll stamp classified on anything. They'll stamp classified or secret on the weather report, literally. So I think that it wasn't such that, oh, you got to sign this out and put it back in the safe. I think it was a little bit more casual than that, but I can't say for sure. I did hear this today, that they have something called a, um, a skiff, which I think is a secret enclosed facility. Secret enclosed facility or secret something or other skiff it's a special room where you can review um you know secret classified material and they had one of these set up in mar-a-lago for when trump was president if they still had that thing well that shows that they took uh you know that they were not in violation or anything look i can't stand talking the nitnoid details of classified documents or not because when we start talking about that we're playing on their corrupt battlefield all right, we're playing their corrupt game. This whole thing is nonsense. But anyway, in my experience, yes, you had to sign out a specific document. It was presented to you or you kept it within your own you know, security, your own custody, and then you returned it. I can't imagine Donald Trump himself signing out anything and then returning it or any president for that matter. You know what I mean? I think other people presented it to them. This is all a con job. All right. And they're playing games. They and you can easily get in trouble with classified materials. Very easy, except if you're the president. All right. He was not responsible for that kind of stuff. Dennis, fair enough. When I worked when I worked at a company, Greg, when somebody got fired, they walked them to the door. They went through everything in their desks. So it seems when you're the president, now you leave office. Okay, whatever you're taking, we want to check what you're taking. Well, let's face it. I mean, you know if you're I mean? No, you're not fired, it's not like you're <laughs> no, being I mean, fired. You know, you're leaving a job. Let's see what you're taking. You no, know? Well, they had the General Services Administration packing up all that stuff. Look, I showed it to Cash Patel yeah. last night. When Donald Trump got on that helicopter, and you can say I'm being childish, you can say I'm being simplistic, but when he got on that helicopter from uh, the White House, he makes that walk across the grass. He wasn't holding anything. He was only holding Melania's hand, and she had a purse. And I don't think the classified documents were in the purse. So this right there, you look at that footage. I think it totally exonerates uh, Trump. Thank you, Dennis. Gail in Staten Island. Hi, Gail. Hi. How are you, Greg, this afternoon? Um, I was just 
listening from early on when you played that parody of everybody, the stars and the political pundits wanting to punch Donald Trump in the face. It really cracked me up. You know, that's the fear they have, those loud, those large crowds of the uh, amassing of all the people that want to come see him, and that was without Twitter. So that's fear. Hey, what's up with uh, what's up with Biden and the word Jim? You know what I mean? Let me just see. Where is that? He he's talks about the gym. The gy- I'm going to beat up Trump behind the gym. Cut thirty. This is speaker. This is no, 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 no. Not that. Not that. Where's the other one? Where's that? Uh, where's that? Uh, oh, here we go. Sorry. Cut twenty four. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. you got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I think I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. The I gym! The gym! What's up with the gym? What else did Joe do behind the gym? I found that very weird, Gail. Yes, true. And now we have Cheney coming back. Her father had the nerve to wear a white hat on our TV stations because he has the money. The white cowboy hat, he should have been wearing the black one. Very scary. But when you have the money and you can have these commercials, but they're going to go nowhere. Well, it went nowhere. Joe, I mean, uh, what's his name? Dick Cheney turned a lot of people off with that ad. It gave me bad dreams. He's looking at the camera. He's growling. You better vote for my daughter or else. He's just like, it was weird. I don't care. I don't give a, you know, whatever. White hat, black hat. I actually have a black cowboy hat. It's very nice. Uh, Governor Christy Nome, not to drop names, uh, from South Dakota. She gave it to me, and it's black. At, I, for a split second, I was like, what's up with the black hat? You know, isn't that the bad guy? But uh, I think it's pretty cool. All right, what else? That's it, Greg. Keep up the good work. You're funny. All right, Gail. Hi, Thanks. I'll see you tonight. 10 o'clock on the Newsmax show, if you can. Uh, uh, what else is going on? I am back to eating bananas. I said I wouldn't. Who the hell buys bananas by, I guess, the, a grocery store magnet does? We have uh, John Katsimatidis. One of his many business interests happens to be Gristidis. Great facilities, great food, great people. And we buy bananas from them by the gross, by the whatever, the bushel. We got a lot of bananas around here. I love them. And they tend to, uh, you know, I know fruit is supposed to be good for you, but I think this is like a potato. It's like the fruit equivalent of a potato. And it tends to, uh, I'm getting husky again, even though I've been running like a lunatic every morning around the park, you know, trying to, chasing a dream of being one of those uh, cut guys I see on Instagram. You ever see Instagram, all these beautiful people all the time? You know what I'm going to do right now, quite frankly? I'm going to delete this damn thing. Instagram. Let me let me get rid of it. Hold on. Uh, how do you delete an app? Oh, you just press all the buttons. There we go. Delete app. Are you sure you want to delete it? Yes! Goodbye. I'll probably re-download at some point, but uh, boy, what a time suck. And it really does make you an envious person if you're not careful. You know what I mean? All right, Lou in Zion Grove, Pennsylvania. Yes, Lou. Hey, Greg. I was wondering if you had heard about the 17 people out in Pennsylvania Saturday night that were run over by a vehicle, two people killed? No. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. What happened? Saturday night. Well, there was 
couple of weeks ago, a family lost their house in fire, and it was a big fundraiser Saturday night. It was either Columbia County or Luzerne County, and some mental case ran his vehicle through the crowd at this fundraiser, killed two people, injured 15, drove to his mother's house, and killed her with a hammer. Wow. Yeah. All right, I found the story. One critical, after car drove through fundraiser crowd in Pennsylvania, uh, one person remained in critical condition, blah, 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 drove through a crowd at a fundraiser for a, for victims of a house fire, killing one woman and injuring 17 other people. Of the 17 people injured, okay, I got that. Uh, where's the part about the mother? Uh, Adrian, Adrian Oswaldo Sora Reyes, 24 years old, is charged with homicide and the death of 50-year-old Rebecca Reese of Wilkesbury, and uh, he faces another homicide count in the slaying of his mother at their home. Oh, man. Why are you bringing this to my attention? Anywhere on the news. Well, I know, but a lot of horrible things happen. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's on the news. I found it on the Internet in about a split second. It's the, Look, dude, it's in the L.A. Times. It's in the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's in the Guardian. It's in the New York Times. It's in the AP. It's in the ABC News. It's in NBC News. It's NBC Philadelphia. It's NBC National. Where else is this story? It's all over the place. I mean, what difference does it make? It's on NPR. It's on WMUR. It's on the News Channel. It's on CBS 46. It's NBC 25. It's Axios. You know, I get this a lot. Like, why isn't the news covering such and such? Well, you know, half the time it is. Half the time it is. And um, you got to be very careful before you tell, like, oh, there's no coverage of this thing. It was coverage of it. All right, pal. It's all over the place. Uh, there's so much news out there. It's, you know, things are easy to miss and people are, you know, focused on other stuff or whatever. And people know what they like and your your phone feeds you stuff you're interested in. Right. I mean, personally, I'm not that interested in car accidents. I avoid them. So my phone doesn't tell me about them, but it's all over the place. Ay, 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 ay. This is terrible. Could I ask you a question? Well, let I'm me ask you Bobby. a question. No. Oh, sure. What's up? Actually, Babbitt. When those three cops are standing in front of the door, and then they just kind of like walk away, yeah. all of a sudden a guy appears. He's got a yellow "Don't Tread on Me" flag. He's got a red hat on. It looks like sunglasses. I mean, as soon as he showed up there, it seemed like everything went crazy. I mean, who was this guy? This big guy. You know what I'm talking about? Not really. I think it wasn't just one guy. It was a bunch of them. Uh, look, the big question is, why did those cops just walk away like that? The one that bothers me the most is the last one. He's just like, oh, my, uh, they're going this way. I just have to follow them because they're going this way. I have no idea what the hell's going on there. That's another thing. It's another reason why I can't stand Liz Cheney, you know? 15 primetime January 6 hearings, and they don't raise any questions about law enforcement incompetence that day. And there was a lot of it. How could that was, how can you overlook that? How can you have January 6 hearings and not talk about Ashley Babbitt? You know what I mean, Lou? Thanks a lot for calling. It does, it does drive me crazy. And this is a depressing story. And I'm looking at this guy who uh, is the alleged person. He obviously has mental difficulties. I'm sorry, I hate to say this, but you look at him and you can kind of tell he's got issues. 
So uh, God help them all. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it's all over the place. Hey, Fetterman. Yeah, Fetterman, uh, you guys are in Pennsylvania. I should have asked John about that. I don't think Fetterman's going to make it. I just don't think he's going to make it. Uh, now, the fake news will try to carry him over the finish line, but I don't. there's only so much they can do. They're probably going to have him drop out. He'll be replaced by the wife. Why do they always pick the wife, by the way? Name recognition. Fetterman, same name. You know, it's not. It's less complicated for them. But this guy has no business being in. He, he wants to legalize heroin? You ever see a heroin addict? Huh? If you have it in person, you can just turn on uh, well, the YouTube in, 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 in San Francisco. Half that city is laying on the sidewalk, stoned. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, all right, got rid of Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry, what did I get rid of? Instagram, I feel better already. I really do. Twitter, you're not next. I got I to gotta stay up. I got to feed the beast. I actually like it. I have to figure out a way to get on Truth Social. And Trump lately has been using Truth Social the way he used to use Twitter. It's so effective. It's another reason why they don't like him. He could run circles around him when it came to social media. You know, the guy is... Um, very much on top of things, uh, the culture. If you look at video of him, say, from 1988, he's very much speaking the way a man in 1988, you know, the most admired people were, you know, very dignified, reserved. And then he modifies in the 90s. He changes a little bit. He stays up with the times. And he's so reflective of really where the culture is right now. The elites can't stand it, but this is the people do. The people totally understand. Um, oh, here's a, here's a little moment from The Apprentice, by the way, which is kind of fun. The You'll hear a very strong New York accent that's not Trump. That's Alan Weisselberg, the accountant from the Trump organization. It looks like he's going to plead guilty to something, and he may go to jail for a couple of months. Cut 28. What was the charity? The charity was Kitty Kind. I know, but that's a cat charity. It's a pretty bad charity with respect to dogs. Well, it's an it's an animal animal rescue. The last thing the dogs want to know is that they're helping cats. Shouldn't you have thought more along the lines of services? Washing or grooming or trimming or massaging? Out of all the money you raised, 5% of it went to charity, which was $19. Do they actually massage dogs? From what I'm told, they do, Donald. What kind Only of Only God knows. <laughs> I don't want that job. I'd rather build buildings. I like that question. Do they actually massage dogs? Has that question ever been asked before by anyone in human history? You ever wonder that? I sometimes wonder that when I'm at the grocery store. Has anyone in human history ever brought bought at the same time, like my combination of groceries, you know, Brillo pads, uh, Fritos, yogurt, and beef jerky? You know, if I got those four, I, has anybody in the history of the world ever bought those four items uh, in one in one fell swoop. I doubt it, actually. All right. Uh, what's going on tonight? I will be doing a bit of a retrospective on Afghanistan. Somebody has to do it. A year later, we lost. We just walked away in the worst way possible. Nobody seems to give a damn. Women over there have to sell their organs to survive. Uh, 95% of the country is, uh, is impoverished. And famine. There's a real famine going on over there, and nobody here seems to care. The same administration that tells us they stick up for women and girls. Uh, total, complete chaos over there. The Taliban is in charge. They're harboring terrorists, just like Afghanistan did before September 11, 2001. And 
Joe Biden, yeah, it's on him. It really is. And you folks who voted for him, and I know some of you actually listen, uh, this is on you to some degree. It is. It is. This would not have happened if Joe, if Donald Trump were in place. Uh, never would it have happened. And what did we get with Joe Biden? Did he bring administrative ability to the job, logistical ability? Did he bring any particular academic uh, insight or wisdom? No. He's just a guy with a small brain and a big smile. That's it. He can hit you up for money, uh, favors, maybe do you a favor if you're wealthy and connected. That's about it, huh? Oh, and no mean tweets. Just inscrutable weird tweets, though. He uh, had a weird thing going on with Obama today, back and forth. It's no unclear what the hell is going on other than, I mean, somebody did mention, and I'm not going, well, I'm not going to, all right, there was a homoerotic quality to their whole back and forth. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. I hate that saying, by the way. Andrew and Stanhope on hold since last week. Yes. Hey, what's up, Greg? I could tell you some things about Fetterman because I worked in um, for Fox 56, an affiliate in Wilkes-Barre, and also I was in Scranton and Wilkes-Barre almost every day. All right. What can you tell us? Well, first, no one likes Joe Biden in Scranton. There's not a single sign, but there's multiple Let's go, Brandon signs everywhere. But Fetterman, he was real nasty to my colleague, a nice young lady who's a reporter. She's actually a Democrat, but she's real fair because I I would eavesdrop. Like I would listen to see if they were biased and they weren't. They they actually condemned another news organization for not running the Republican primaries up there. And she was saying how wrong that is. But Fetterman was nasty and said, oh, you're you're with Fox. So you're a Republican. You're, you know, you're not going to report it, honestly. So, uh, you know, she was just like out of college, you know, 25. So she was real shook up. And she told the news direct, you know, it was me. And she's the pinnacle of fairness. <laughs> you know, she's almost like too vanilla, like where she doesn't ask any hard questions. All right. So all right. All right. Yeah. He was a nasty. And also my wife, speaking of the attacks on Asians and the Democrat-run cities, my wife's Asian, and she was shook up when that was first reported. But we had to tell her, this part of New Jersey, you're you're not in a Democrat stronghold. This is not New York City that's, you know, run by the Democrats, so you're safe, you know. And she realized the difference when you're under the yoke of the Democrats. Yeah. All right. So he's a bad guy. He's a nasty bastard, and he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's uh, ugly. I I would send the uh, reporter pictures. Like, you know, you showed them on what? your show with that communist shirt. So when I saw the rest stop, you know how they have the governor and the lieutenant. So I would send her the, you know, the picture. All right. Be careful when say, you're oh, sending you're any woman <laughs> pictures of anything, okay? Yeah. But it's like calling someone a racist. Like, oh, you you know, so you can't be counted what your opinion. Oh, you're a Republican. You're All right. a Fox, so you don't count. Yeah, yeah. All right, Andrew, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, he worked uh, good, some interesting jobs uh, in journalism and TV news. Thank you, pal. All right, time for me to clean up. It feels weird that uh, Rudy Giuliani won't be there. However, Andrew Giuliani will be here. Andrew Giuliani, son of Rudy, former candidate for governor, did very well, uh, showed real political talent. So he's going to be he's going to be elected to something someday. It's just a matter of time. 
Uh, Andrew will be here. What else is going on? Uh, that's pretty much it. The weekend is almost here. How do we feel? Hey, has anybody noticed there's been a lot of cloudy days lately? It just seems like it's been cloudy a lot. Yesterday, today, the day before. And one more thing. You know what really messes me up when you're at a Yankee game and they've got that sign that says WB Mason in the outfield? And doesn't it look like it's a candy company? Right? It does. But it's a paper company. It's an office supply store since like the 1800s. And it looks like it's the Charleston Chew Man. It's just a strange thing. And no matter how much branding, I'm actually looking at a WB Mason truck right now. Um, It looks like it's got chocolate-covered peanuts inside, not computer paper. I guess it works for them. They've been around since 1898, is it? So good for them. Anyway, uh, I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax Show at 10 p.m.